This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with the A's Director of Player Development, Ed Sprague. Now in his fourth season as the A's Farm Director, we wanted to get his insights on some of the A's most promising prospects as the 2023 season gets underway. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Ed. Hi, my pleasure, Bill. So um, I, I just saw today, I wanted to start out by asking you about this, that uh, uh, Mason Miller, after making just one start in Midland and, and looking really impressive, uh, has already been promoted to uh, AAA Vegas. Uh, that's exciting because I know he's a very promising prospect. A lot of people are eager to see more of him and to see him move fast. But can you tell me what you've seen out of Mason Miller, what you saw out of him this spring, and, and just in that one start at Midland where he uh, struck out uh, struck out eight right off the bat, and uh, what you foresee uh, in the future for Mason Miller? Yeah, he came on strong. Obviously, he had a pretty good fall league, and he came out of the gates in spring training very well, and I was still getting built up um, a little bit, so we didn't see a ton of innings from him. But, uh, yeah, he was, you know, 98 to 102, and – he was commanding the baseball. He was getting more swing and miss on his fastball than he had in the past. So uh, we just wanted to get him built back up before we sent him to AAA. Well, I know um, there were a few other moves at AAA today. I think Jake Fishman went on the IL and uh, Parker Dunshee was activated. And uh, I know Louis Medina was put on the temporarily inactive list. So was Miller brought up just because you had an opening or, or were you eager to push him up there and, and see what he could do regardless? And, I think it was a kind of combination of things, yeah. So, you know, I think there was a need to fill Medina's spot start there. And then, uh, and then you obviously he performed very well. And, and, you know, he got built up to where he should be able to go five innings in his next start. Great. Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys there at Vegas who seem like they're really on the, on the verge, on the precipice of, you know, uh, getting to the major leagues and hopefully having an impact with Oakland and, you know, the first guy that comes to mind is a guy that was just called up the other day, uh, Kevin Smith. You know, he was so hot last September in Vegas, and he was hit well this spring, got off to a great start in Vegas already this year. Did something change for him that enabled him to, you know, sort of uh, really turn things around late last year that carried through to this year? And, and is there anything else that you sort of see that he needs to do to really uh, click into a higher gear at the major league level and carry that success through? Yeah, I just think last year he was probably putting a little bit too much pressure on himself to, you know, coming over to a new organization and, and perform well right away. And I think he felt like he was chasing chasing his mechanics a little bit with his swing and, you know, up and down and just trying to get on track. But obviously he got on track late, uh, had a great great spring training. I think they wanted to come down and have him just play every day. And 
Uh, you know, I saw him in Reno opening weekend. He had a lot of great at-bats, um, played good defense. So I think the next thing with him is just going to be that consistency level of getting used to play at the big league level and, you know, just allowing his natural ability to come out. Yeah, let's uh, certainly hope that he takes advantage of this opportunity this time around. And, you know, there's a, a another guy at Vegas, your top uh, prospect, Tyler, uh, Tyler Soderstrom. You know, um, he's gotten off to a great start there in Vegas at AAA. He's still very young. I think he's 21. And... You know, he just he just seems like such a natural hitter. I mean, is he one of those guys that just sort of, you know, wherever he ends up, he's he's going to figure out a way to hit? I mean, what what do you see in Tyler Soderstrom at this stage of the game? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly been the case so far. I mean, he's kind of hit everywhere. I mean, he got off a little bit of a slow start last year in Lansing, but, you know, something that could be weather-related as well because it was very cold. But, uh, yeah, Tyler's hit everywhere he's been, and uh, he's continuing to do that. He's off to another strong start this year so uh you know we'll see how it plays out but you know we, we do think that long term he's going to hit wherever he goes yeah he certainly you know uh, certainly we expect we'll see him in oakland uh some, sometime before too terribly long do you uh, just looking forward to him as a major league hitter i mean what what kind of major league hitter profile do you foresee for him i mean is is there anyone you would compare him to what kind of hitter you can f- imagine him becoming um I don't know. I think he's could be a Robin Ventura type hitter. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would say. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have some power. I don't think it's gonna be massive power, but it's he does have massive power. But he he uses the opposite side of the field. You know, he fouls off pitches when he needs to. He controls the strike. So he's you know he has a little bit of chase up in the zone from time to time. But I think that's him just trying to do a little bit too much. Um, but I think he's gonna be an above average hitter, and I think he's gonna come with some power. Yeah, well, whether it's home runs or doubles, he certainly does seem to have a knack for uh, compiling extra base hits of one of one type or another. Anyway, and I think that's likely yeah, to well, continue. He, he did hit 29 last year at three different levels, so I mean, we know we know the power is there. Yeah, definitely. Now, an, another really interesting hitter at uh, AAA is uh, Jordan Diaz. Uh, of course, the, you know, there's always a, qu- a question about what what his position is going to end up being. I'm curious to know your take. He's been playing a lot of second base since Zach Geloff's been on the IL to start the season. Also, you know, first and third. You know, all these all these are in flux. Curious to know about your take on where he may end up positionally. And also, what do you feel Jordan Diaz needs to do as a hitter to sort of take that next level up and, you know, to be to be able to be a productive major league hitter? Yeah, I mean, Jordan's, uh, you know, he's always hit. I think he's you know, he's always been a, a really aggressive hitter. He doesn't walk a lot. He doesn't strike out a lot either. He's always had great bat-to-ball skills. So, uh, you know, controlling the strike zone as, as he gets up there and, they, you know, they see him a lot more. They're going to try to take advantage of that aggressiveness. So he's going to, his ability to have to lay off those pitches and and take the walks is going to be probably the next step for him. And yeah, you know, I think defensively he probably played his best defense at the major league level last year when we saw him. I mean, it's one thing that we've continued to work on with him and and stress with him. And uh, you know, I think as he got up there, he got to Triple A last year and then to the big leagues. Uh, you know, and getting a sense for it, I think. Most people who saw him play at those different levels uh, saw his best defense at the major league level, whether that's going to be at second base or third or or first, who knows. Well, I mentioned he's been playing a lot of second to start this year because Zach Gallop's been on the uh, the IL. I, I believe he's got you know a bit of a shoulder issue that's held him back. Can you tell us where he's at and when we're maybe likely to see him back on the field this season? Uh, Zach's going through his final workout today, and if uh, that goes well, he should be uh, active tomorrow. 
Oh, that's a, that's great news. It'd be great to see him out there as soon as possible. A couple of pictures real quick at uh, at Vegas. Uh, we mentioned Louis Medina. Uh, I guess he's just going to miss a few days briefly here, and then he'll be back in action. But, you know, he got off to uh, a pretty good start. Uh, he's one of these guys that's had control issues, but he certainly can, you know, blow the ball past, uh, past hitters on occasion. And he's uh, kept the damage to a minimum so far early in the season. But uh, tell us what you've seen out of Louis Medina. Yeah, I mean, he, one, he's a he's an extreme competitor, and he wants to be at the mound, and he wants the ball in his hands. Um, you know, it's commanding that 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 fastball for strikes, and which he's done. He did it this spring, and he did it in that his first uh, couple starts um, so far. And I think uh, you know, and then that comes with landing the breaking ball as well, and, and he's been able to do that. So uh, he's been, you know, probably night and day. I mean, he obviously pitched very well in winter ball. And had some good games for us last year in Midland, but this is by far the best we've seen him uh, so far this spring. Yeah, let's hope he can keep up the good work. Um, another guy who's who's experienced control issues throughout his career is uh, left-hander Hogan Harris, and I, I've always liked him, and I've always liked his stuff. But you know, he he's had control issues, and certainly early this season, I think he you know walked about nine guys in in his first uh, couple appearances here. What's going on with Hogan Harris? Where's he's Where's he at? What are What are we foreseeing for him uh, going forward here in the coming days? Yeah, I, like I said, he might be just trying to overthrow the ball a little bit right now, and sometimes you get a little out of sync. And you know, with the automated strike zone and AAA, you're not going to get those corner pitches. So, you know, for him, he's throw that fastball around the zone and use his plus changeup and his breaking ball. And that's the type of pitcher he is. He doesn't need to really overthrow the ball. So. For him, it's about staying on line with his mechanics, getting down the hill, and, and not trying to overthrow. Yeah, you know, I've heard other people say before, too, that maybe he'd be better off, you know, not trying to throw so hard all the time. And I know, you know, even a guy like Sandy Koufax actually ended up being a better pitcher when he didn't throw it as hard as he possibly could all the time. Uh, but do you think that that's sort of basically uh, uh, good advice for Hogan Harris? Yeah, you know, I mean, and he hasn't thrown a ton of innings either, you know, over the course of his professional career you know because of some injuries so just getting out those getting those that regular reps and you know getting those consistent starts in triple a and and having a feel for trusting his stuff inside the strike zone well let's talk about a few of the uh, interesting prospects you've got down at double a midland this year of course everyone was very excited by what they saw out of lawrence butler in spring training this year and uh, i noticed he's been playing center field every day in midland thus far is that something that you want to see more uh, of him doing? You want to see more of him in center field? Or is it just because Denzel Clark has started the season on the IL and you kind of needed somebody in center? And also, what would you like to see out of Lawrence Butler with this challenge of being in double-A this year? Because I know it can, that can be a challenging leap for a lot of players once they get to double-A. Yeah, I mean, first of all, defensively, you know, I think it's a combination. We do want to see him continue to play some center but he's probably played there more because Denzel's been on the IL. Um, so it's, you know, most of our outfielders will always all play all three positions, but uh, I think those guys will switch on and off uh, between center and the other, and other two corner spots. Um, you know, with Lawrence, as far as offensively, you know, I mean, like I talked to him in spring training when the, when the big lights are on you know, at the major league stage, he, he performed very well. So the challenge is, uh, you know, when you get basically down to the double A and you don't have all the, the big league eyes on you every single day is can you maintain that level of focus and concentration? Uh, I think that's really what it's come down to him. He has the skill set. He's learned how to control the zone. Uh, he just got to go out there and not try to do too much and, 
you know, I mean, obviously he went into major league camp, you know, with in his own mind thinking he could make the team. And, you know, I think, you know, I think Cots early on told him, he said, Hey, you know, you're going to be here and you're going to make an impression, but you know, we're well, going to get at bats every day in double A. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, get to the big leagues from double A either. So I think for him, it's just going to be a matter of continuing to have that high intensity focus like he had in major league camp. So just keep showing us you can keep grinding it out down in the trenches there. <laughs> right. Uh, now, uh, I mentioned Denzel Clark. I, he started the season on the IL. I, I understand he has a, a bit of a shoulder issue. Can you tell us where he's at and when we might be able to, to expect or to see him back in action this season? Yeah, I think he just had some fatigue in there. He's trying to get some strength back in it. Um, you know, he's thrown out to 120. It doesn't – it seems like, you know, he should be – should be back fairly soon. Well, depending on uh, you know how he continues to progress down in Arizona, but uh, it seems like he's right on the right track. I mean, all the report says that he's feeling really good. Okay, that's good to hear. We definitely want to see him back in action as soon as possible this year. You know, another guy who's uh, starting again at Midland, who I've always liked, is third baseman Brett Harris. You know, he's a little bit of an under-the-radar guy. People don't talk about him uh, that much. But, you know, he sure seems like a guy who can do an awful lot of things right. And uh, I know the roster was very tight there at Vegas, and he's got to return to Midland. But can you tell me uh, what what you've seen out of Brett Harris and, and what you may like about him? Yeah, I think, like you said, he's he's kind of underrated in terms of, you know, he doesn't get maybe some of the media attention the other guys get. But he's a he's a real pro. He goes about his business. He puts together solid at bats. You know, he doesn't strike out a ton. Plays good defense. Uh, you know, the power started to come for him last year, and uh, he, he's just a he's a really good all around player. He's a good kid. You know, he's just going to be a really really solid, I think, everyday uh, player at the major league level. Yeah, I'd I'd really like to see him get the opportunity. I feel like he's one of those guys you could probably count on if he if he gets to the major leagues. Um, uh, you know, another interesting uh, guy at Midland is your former first round pick Logan Davidson. I know with uh, Daryl Hernias playing shortstop there now, Davidson has been playing primarily at first base early in the season. So I'm curious is is that somewhere we're likely to see a, a lot more of Logan Davidson going forward at, at first base? Oh, I think just a matter of, you know, you want to see what Hernandez can do at shortstop every day. And, you know, we know what Logan can do defensively. We want to, you know, continue to have him get at bats and, you know, to continue to improve on the offensive side. Uh, that's the biggest thing that's probably, you know, holding Logan back from making the jump to the next level right now is, uh, you know, you know, hitting for some more extra base hits, cutting down on some swing and miss. Um, but defensively, I mean, that's just right where right now where his at bats are landing. It doesn't mean that we don't think he can play other play, other positions. Okay, let's uh, talk about a, a few guys down at uh, High A Lansing. You've got a couple of your uh, former number one draft picks there. Max Muncy, who had a good season last year as a, as a 19 year old. Uh, he's just a 20 now, and he's gotten off to a really good start at the plate uh, in Lansing in the first few games there. Uh, but can you tell me what, what you'd like to see out of Max Muncy this year? What, what improvements you'd like to see him make and, uh, you know, what you foresee for him uh, going forward? Yeah, I mean, mostly effort level. And he, you know, Max, he goes up there and he's trying to hit it as far as he can every single time. And, and uh, you know, it might cost him a few bats here and there, and then he'll – then he'll take his base hit to right and, you know, trying to impress upon him that that's harder to get those at bats back as you, as you move up levels. And so trying to basically throw away less at bats and don't have to go full tilt, you know, every time you're, uh, you're out at the plate. And I think he's starting to slowly get that message and he's a really good player and he's a lot of fun to watch play and, and enjoys playing the game. So I think he'll be fine. Just, you know, he's young and just being consistent 
being that everyday pro and taking that consistent to bat is going to be important for him. Yeah, just just the the ability he's shown so far at such a young age uh, uh, certainly is promising. Anyway, um, your other uh, last year's top draft pick, uh, Daniel Susak, catcher, is there. Looks like he's going to be doing a lot of catching. He'll be behind the plate a lot there in, in Lansing and High A this year. Um, what kind of player do you see uh, Daniel Susak developing into? What what uh, what do you envision for for him in the future? Well, you know, he's got some power for sure, um, but, he, you know, he can to get to a lot of different pitches on the plate. So, you know, deciding what what part of the zone he wants to attack, I think is going to be important for him to see how long it'll go. Uh, you know, defensively, you know, he's, he's he's really improved this year. He's throwing the ball a lot better. Of course, we didn't see him throw him last much. He had a little bit of an elbow issue uh, in instructional league, so we didn't get to see him throw a ton. But, um, you know, the catch catching looks solid. He's a very – a uh, headsy ball player, you know, likes to prepare behind the plate a lot, like, a lot like Murphy did. So I think you're going to see a you're going to see a similar profile to Murray, maybe not quite the arm strength uh, that Murph had, but um, you know, I think you, you're going to and maybe not quite the power, but you maybe see a little bit more well-rounded hitter, but there'll be some power in there as well. Yeah, you know, a couple of your uh, draft picks from last year, pitchers, uh, your fourth and fifth round picks, uh, Jacob Waters and Jack Perkins are both at Lansing this year, and they've both gotten off to good starts in their first appearances there in high A. Um, I think uh, Perkins threw five uh, hitless innings in his first outing, which has always got to make you feel good. Uh, but can you tell me a little bit about what you've seen out of those two guys as they've, as they've just uh, entered the system here in the last year? Yeah, I mean, similar mix. I think Perkins throws a little bit harder. Um, but they both pound the zone, you know, with three pitches. Uh, they work quick. They're, you know, kind of stocky right-handers, but Perkins can get it up there up to 97. Um, but, yeah, just a good solid mix of pitches and, and, and controlling the strike zone, really pounding the zone. Uh, you know, another guy I was eager to see at Lansing this year who looked good in a brief spent last year was uh, Grant Holman. I know he started the season on the IL as well. Do you have any updates on him, where he's at, when he might be back in action this season? Uh, Grant's throwing today, I believe, in Arizona, and if that all goes well, uh, he'll probably be shipped out to Lansing and be able to pitch uh, one inning on Saturday and start kind of his progression. Oh, that's great. Okay, great. Uh, all right, very quickly, we'll, uh, I just want to ch- touch on a couple guys that stocked it before we let you go here. Uh, interesting case, Brian Buelvis, outfielder, still just 20. Last year he was at high A Lansing, struggled a bit there. You guys made the decision to send him back and let him start this season down at Stockton again. Fortunately, he's gotten off to a great start there. He's uh, been hitting like crazy. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about the decision to, to send him back to Stockton this year and, and where you feel he's at? and what you still do foresee in his future? Yeah, I mean, just like, you know, obviously with some of the trades we made in the free agent signings, it kind of backed up the system a little bit. And, you know, like you said, he's still only 20 years old and he didn't have a great success in Lansing, even though it was a short period of time before he got he got hurt. And we wanted him to kind of go back and reset and get off to a good start. And we still like the way he goes about his business and plays good defense and can hit. And he's coming to the camp this year, I think, much fresher than he was. Uh, last year, I think last year he was a little bit worn down from winter ball, and I think that kind of played its effects a little bit in the, in the start of the season in Lansing and then kind of snowballed. So uh, he's off to a good start, and, you know, if he gets going well, I'm sure we'll continue to move him 
back to work, back to Lansing. Yeah, and like I said, the good news is he's still just 20, so he's got plenty of time here. Um, uh, real quickly, uh, uh, Henry Bolte, uh, one of your top draft picks recently, I know he didn't get sent out to a full-season team. I think he's back in Arizona. Were you guys uh, working on his swing, kind of rebuilding or reconstructing things with him and wanting to give him some time with that? Yeah, I just think with Henry, and I told him, you know, I know he really wanted to make a team going out, and I just said there's, you know, there's no – reason to rush. I think the you know, biggest thing is we want to kind of cut down on the swing and miss and what she's done. He's kind of taken that challenge and uh, he had, he's had less swing and miss this spring training and was starting to score some balls up hit a couple home runs. And so there's no reason for us to rush him. You know, the last couple of years we had to, we were kind of, we didn't have to, but we, we you know, because of where the numbers were at, we, we forced a few guys up a little bit faster, uh, maybe in like a Poisson and a, and a Pineda and, we don't feel like there's a need to do that right now, and we can take a little bit more time with with Henry. And we still love his skill set; he can run and throw, and and he, you know comes with some power. and And we can uh, you know get that approach figured out a little bit for him and get him off to a solid start down here. I don't think there's any reason that that he shouldn't be able to get out at some point during the summer. Yeah, we'll certainly look forward to that. Okay, uh, right before we wrap up, just to see if you have any updates on a couple of these pitchers um, that, that we really haven't had a chance to see much of yet. Uh, one is Gunnar Hoagland, who I know has opened the season on the IL. And then I'm also curious about your most recent uh, big Cuban signee, uh, Louis Morales. Um, can you tell me what's up with those guys and when we might uh, uh, hope to see them in the near future? Yeah, Hoagland's still you know, working through his progression and on sides, I don't think he's uh, scheduled uh, to throw to hitters for another little bit. So um, he's, you know, probably best case mid, late May, early June, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see how we'll see how that progresses. And then uh, and the Morales, you know, kind of came over and we just basically restarted a, an offseason throwing program with him. So he's, um, you know, at some point when he goes gets through all that and starts pitching, I'm sure we'll see him over here at some point. But he's kind of just you know, kind of basically going through this entire offseason throwing program, and then he'll do the sides and then the live BPs and all that type of stuff. So it's going to be a while for him, I think, but I'm sure at some point we'll see him stateside in Arizona. Right. Well, it's good to know there's something interesting to look forward to in the pipeline anyway. So, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all righty. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today, Ed. We always appreciate it, and as we know with the uh, – the, the big club, there's plenty of opportunities up there these days. So when these young guys show what they can do down on the farm, uh, there are opportunities for them to uh, move up and uh, make themselves known on the big league level, and that makes it that much more exciting to follow what they're doing now. So thanks so much for uh, giving us your insights today. We appreciate it as always. All right, Bill. Take care. Thank you. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.